Thank you, brother. We'll be looking at, I don't think I'll have you turn there, I don't know. Romans 8, but Paul's got a lot of ifs in there, don't he? <laughs> you read that. You are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If. <laughs> if. Don't, don't leave it on Paul, does it? He just tells you the truth. And he goes and eats him a pulled pork sandwich after. Loved every bite of it. Oh, if. If he'd be with us. If we could hear his name today. Our Lord, if you will, turn to John chapter 10. Our Lord, we remember, had healed, as we've been looking at for quite a while now, that blind man in John 9 didn't. That man didn't say a word. The Lord came to him. There was a discussion about him. And the Lord spit on the ground, made clay out of the spittle, put it in his eyes, and said, now get up and go wash in the pool of Siloam. And he did. <laughs> he said, go. And he went. And he came forth seeing. And then his neighbors noticed it. They had lots of questions. How, 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 how? And then that didn't suit them. So he took them to the best place they knew how. We're going to take you to church. <laughs> you ever done something wrong as a teenager? You hear somebody say, you keep that up. We're going to take you to church, boy. <laughs> That's a horrible thing. That's a terrible thing. That's religions, all that is. You're playing religions, what you're doing. Terrible thing. Well, they took him to religion. They took him to church, and the Pharisees said, How? 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 How do you see? Probably because they want to be able to make somebody else see. No one had ever been blind from birth and was made to see since Adam. This had not happened. This was unheard of. And, and that... Blind fellow got his jabs in too. He said, you going to be his disciple? Is that why you want to know how? Oh, I love him already. <laughs> I loved him before. He's just like me. He got his jabs. He's got some sarcastic jabs. That you want to be like him? You go, we ain't his disciple. We're Moses' disciple. He said, so says you. <laughs> I'm going to find this guy. That's who I'm going to worship. That's one that did something to me that came to me. But our Lord speaks here to these Pharisees. We'll begin in verse, chapter 9, verse 39. This man finally saw the Lord in the flesh. He hadn't saw many people. He hadn't saw 20 people his whole life. But he said, Lord, I believe, and he worshipped him. And John 9, verse 39, this is where the paragraph begins, and it ends in verse 18 of chapter 10. But these chapter divisions and, and verse divisions are here for our, our sakes. Here's where our Lord begins preaching. Verse 39, Jesus said, For judgment I am come into this world, that they which see not might see, and that they which see might be made blind. That was off short, wasn't it? Most of our Lord's messages, I wonder if He came, showed up here tonight and preached, if, if it be long enough to suit our religion. Well, I was, he didn't he just said one paragraph. Got dressed for that. I, I, put, <laughs> I got cleaned up, took a shower. That's all he said. That's all he said. Verse 40, And some of the Pharisees which were with him heard these words and said unto him, Are we blind also? I wish God would save someone here tonight. You know, that's my prayer. Our brother prayed that. I wish the Lord saved someone in this room tonight. What if it was, I'll close my eyes. What if it was just me and you? 
And I said, I hope the Lord saves somebody tonight. One of us. Would that be offensive? Are, are you saying I'm blind? Are you saying I ain't saved? That's what they said. Are we blind also? So he gives them a parable. Verse 41. Jesus said to them, if you were blind, you should have no sin. You cried, oh Lord, save. I think you saved me yesterday. I think I know you. I think you've revealed your son to me. Save me right now. He said, for you, you have no sin. But for the ones that's been saved for umpteen years, mm, if you were blind, you should have no sin. But now you say, we see. I see. I see. Oh, I got a handle on it. I see. Therefore, your sin remaineth. Truly, truly. Verily, verily. I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the porter openeth. And the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him. For they know His voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from Him, for they know not the voice of strangers. I know some strangers, and I know people that hear their voices, and I pray to God He would make them not hear those strangers. There's wolves that people or are, are sheep are just going and laying down in their mouths right now. And it's my job to tell you there's wolves there. Don't go near the wolves. The wolves are bad. And there's people going and laying down in the mouth of the wolf. Isn't that dangerous? Isn't that sad? I pray it would make us... Not hear the voices of strangers. This parable spake Jesus, verse 6, unto them, but they understood not what things were which He spake unto them. Hmm. Then Jesus said unto them again, Do you see the patience and the long-suffering and the compassion to these religious zealots that were there and getting ready to cast up, pick up stones and bash His brains in? The Lord said, There's a sheepfold. That's this world. You're in it. I have sheep here. You can't get out of the sheepfold. You ain't big enough. You can't jump the walls. There's a door. I go to the porter, the one that's in charge of this. I fulfilled all the requirements of the porter. That's the Father. I fulfilled the Father's glory and honor. I have fulfilled His holy and just law. And therefore, rightfully, I can go in and say, Sheep, Brian, let's go. And you go, bye, and you go. Camera, let's go. That's what he preached to them. And they didn't get it. Did he just say, and walk, turn? Oh, the compassion he had. Look at that. Then Jesus said unto them again, again. How many times have you heard this message? This Tonight's an again. If the Lord be with me and give me his word and allow me to preach his gospel, if he would use me as a mouthpiece and put his water in me so it goes out on you, this is again. Do we treat it as such? Do I? I said, well, that's just another, another worship service. And, eh. Or I said, God, Lord, let me hear your word today. Honestly, let me worship. 
Let me hear you. He said unto them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. (laughs) All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. God Almighty is preaching to these Pharisees. And you know what he could have said to them? This will, this will tickle the ears of many, right? He could have given a, give a polytheistic expositional approach to his deity as to how those unbecoming children of Adam are brought into glory. He could have done that, couldn't he? He invented the English language. I think he could have... He talked about a wordsmith. He's the one that made words. He invented those things. And all the words that the Lord gave mankind to use, He chose this word to describe Himself. I'm the door. Isn't that wonderful? Aren't you thankful? <laughs> That's deep, buddy. You get that? A child could understand that. A child could understand that. The sheep are in this sheepfold. And the proper way to exit, the only way you can and live, the proper way to live, proper way to leave the sheepfold and not be stolen, the way you're going to leave the sheepfold and not have an untrue shepherd is to go through the door. Supervised by the porter. Ordained. Blessed off on by the porter. you got to go through the door. This earth's that sheepfold. The porter is the father and the requirements to satisfy the porter is his holy law. Now the scriptures tell us Christ is a good shepherd. That's what he just said in our text, wasn't it? Tells us he's the, the great shepherd. And he's the chief shepherd that we look to come to get us. To take us out of the sheepfold. Christ is one with the Father. He and the Father are one. So that means the shepherd and the porter are one. But he didn't tell them I'm the porter, did he? They're one. They're one and the same, but he didn't say that. Christ was made one of his sheep. He was made a sheep just like me and you. He was made a man. He was into this world. He came into this sheepfold. Made like we are. The true shepherd, he entered into the sheepfold. Christ came to this earth. He was made like his brethren. And like a sheep is dumb before his shears, he opened not his mouth. Did he say, I'm one of the sheep too? I'm the elder, both sheep. I'm the chief sheep. No, he didn't. He didn't say he's a chief shepherd. He didn't say he's the chief porter. He said, I'm the door. So why didn't our Lord say he's the elder sheep or the one with the porter, the shepherd of his flock? We remember chapter 9, don't we? And John, everyone was tore up about how the blind man received his sight. How? Are we blind also? For we go assuming, assuming all the way to hell, maybe we ought to see why the Lord did this. Christ has given them a how. He's given them the how. How can somebody see? They have eyes, but oh, now I see him. Now I know the Lord. How'd that happen? He said, through me. <laughs> Salvation's of the Lord. He's telling them, He's the door. Through me. Sheep lawfully and justly leave the sheepfold through the door. How are we going to, be, how are we going to go to glory? 
How's somebody going to go to heaven? Through the door. Christ the door. The door. The definite article. Not a door. Not one of the doors. The door. He said, I'm the door. Thieves and robbers, they try to find another way in. A door is for access. It, we, come, we come through that door, we access everything that's inside of this room. Or we go outside, we go out the door, we access everything on that side of the door. You want to split air. Everything outside, I have access to when I go out the door. Sinners access everything that the Father has for them. All blessings in and through Christ. He's the door. How am I going to get all these spiritual blessings? We're going to gang up and pray till he caves into us. Hogwash. It's going to be in Christ. That's how it's going to happen. It's going to be in him. In his will and his good pleasure in doing. That's what Paul wrote to us. The church of Ephesus said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. In Christ. In the door. In the door. To enter into glory... Or any blessing or anything that's not death, <laughs> that's not eternal judgment and damnation, is to be in Christ, to be in Him. But to leave through the door is the right way. Is that simple enough? If we're going to be in, enter into any blessing, it's going to be in Christ. If we're going to leave this earth and be with the Lord and be made like Him, it's going to have to be in and through Christ. He's the door. No one entered in through the window this evening, did they? Only hand, I don't think I could. There's only a handful of us that could. Anybody crying through the window coming in this place? No. You came through a door, didn't you? No one tunneled in underneath this slab and busted through like it was a bank, bank heist and came up and then sat down in the pew, did they? No, you came in through the door. We came in through the door. Any other way is suspicious. Any other way is the voice of a stranger. Wait a second. Young people understand these things, don't they? You know where in the scriptures does it tell you that God's trying to do something, does it, honey? Ever. It ain't there. That's suspicious. That's strange. It's very strange. If you came to my house in the middle of the night and you knocked on my door and you asked me for something, I'd probably wake up, my hair would be every which way, and I'd be in pajamas, and I'd do everything I could to help you. But if you came to my house in the middle of the night and you came in through my bathroom window, you better have some protection, silver spoon or otherwise. It's a Joe Cocker joke. But you better you come in through that bathroom window, you're going, I may shoot you. <laughs> we get that, don't we? Christ said, I'm the door. I'm the door. Well, I chose to go through the door. That ain't how it happened. You're just a sheep. That's, boy, it's blessed to be a sheep, isn't it? That's a good thing. The Lord said, I'm the door. Lots of different sheep from different folds are in there. But if any will have life apart from lawlessness, thieves and robbers, it's going to be justly and accurately and correctly and perfect and holy law through that door. This door is plain. The Lord spoke in very plain terms. He said, I'm the bread of life. How are we going to be alive? We're going to have to eat some food, ain't we? Uh, you need bread. That'll make you alive. Christ is the bread. If you're going to have life, you're going to have to have Him. He said, I'm the living water. Well, we live in the desert. Water's important. <laughs> you get thirsty. You have to have water. You're going to die. That means we have to have Christ. That's easy to get, isn't it? But it takes the power of Almighty God for a person not to acknowledge that Christ is the door, but to go through Him. 
to bow to him. These didn't get it either. Down in verse 19 of chapter 10, it says, There was a division, therefore, again, again, among the Jews for these sayings. Lord got up and preached them just a few verses. And they said, Well, now I think this means that. I think he meant this. I think this one's a devil. Well, he couldn't be a devil because the guy was had blind. He was blind. Now he sees. That ain't never happened. And they're arguing over what they think. They're heresies. Not praising the Lord. This bread of his body and his wine is his blood. <laughs> and he said, every time you do this, you know what's necessary for life. Something purified to drink and something to eat. He said, do this in remembrance of me. Is that complicated? Well, I will now partake in the... Oh, hush it. <laughs> That's nonsense. This is the Lord's body. I need Him. I need His work. This is His blood. I need His atonement for sin. And every time I do this, I remember Him. That means whenever you're eating a ham sandwich too, drinking orange juice. Well, I thank you, Lord. I appreciate this food, but I need Christ. <laughs> I'm thankful for this bagel and this orange juice. Oh, I'm thankful for his body and his blood. Like a door, a person can dedicate their life to being a door inspector. They can write all about the door. They can learn about what kind of wood the door is made out of. They can take time and study the period of the, the, the craftsmanship of the door. Well, this comes from the 17th century. They can tell you all about the door and never go through it. They can be standing right next to the door and say, that's the door. To know how God saves sinners is different than God saving a sinner. It's different. We remember the Lord. We partake His table. We remember Him in our jobs. That's what we've been looking at with with Abraham, isn't it? That's our decision-making process. That's probably more so in our home. (laughs) It ought to be. But... uh, what, was this going to honor the Lord? Well, I can't do that. No, I can't take that job. It's on a Wednesday. we got service that night. Or whatever it is. It's what I'm going to do. Is how I dress when I go to work. Is that going to be honoring to the Lord and His gospel? Or is that going to bring reproach? Is that going to make me lose my witness in the community? We remember the Lord in our jobs. and thankful He's given us a job. In our schoolwork and in our interactions throughout the day. When we're grocery shopping. We was down there getting vegetables the other day. And I thought, man, what would that garden be like in Adam's time? That's something. It ain't nothing like that garden's going to be to come. Them tomatoes are pretty, but that ain't nothing like the tomatoes we're going to have then. <laughs> oh, Lord's been so gracious to us. And He's given us real good tomatoes now. I think so. That's a, it encompasses our thoughts if there's a new creation. Like old Paul said, if. If. Maybe not. Lord said so. Christ is the door and has always been the door. What does a door do? It lets people in, don't it? It lets people in. We remember, remember when we went through Genesis 6, Noah and Ark? We spent a whole lot of time on Ark, didn't we? I thought, surely these people ain't going to show up and hear one more message in a row about the Ark. <laughs> Lord told Noah, he said, you make yourself an Ark, and you're going to put a door in it. There's a door in that Ark. One door. And that door was open for a long time, wasn't it? It was pitched within without, just like everything else was. But if you was going to be in that ark, if you was not going to drown in those waters of wrath that all of mankind, including Noah and his boys and his daughter-in-laws, deserved, you're going to be inside that ark. And the only way to be in that ark is go through the door. The door's open. Come in. Is that our job? 
if the Lord if the Lord came here tonight and said, I want you to sweep these floors, how good of a job would you do? How much effort would you put into it? Would you sweep the floors good? What did the Lord tell us to do? Go into all the world and preach the gospel. You go out there in San Diego County and tell everybody you can, the door's open. There's one door. There ain't another door. That's thieves and robbers. You climb up the side of that ark, try to sneak in through the window. It ain't happening. There's one door. How serious do we take that? Is it different? It ain't no different, is it? How serious do I take that? There's one door in Noah's day. That door was open for a long time. But a door lets people in. A door also keeps people out, don't it? That ark was open, and the Lord said, go in. His people go in. And the Lord shut them in there, and he pitched the door and sealed it. And then the drop started coming out of the sky. What in the world was that? What's these? That's water, little tiny things of water, and they're coming out of the sky. This has never happened before. That crazy fellow that's been building an ark and preaching to us for a hundred years, he said water's going to come out of the sky, and it's happening. That's not complicated neither, is it? <laughs> what he said was, he's telling me the truth. Who knew? Wait a second. Let's get deep. I need to be in that ark. Where's the door? Sealed. That door's shut. What if it's the last day that the Lord lets this door be open in this ark? Hmm. God shut him in, a water drop started falling, and everybody's looking for a door then, wasn't they? Too late. Seek him while he may be found. Call on him while it's today. That's the reason. While the children of Adam will not enter into glory. Did you know that? They don't like that door. They may know a lot about the door, but they won't enter into him. They won't have the Lord Jesus Christ. He won't be their bread. I gotta eat on something else. I gotta have a little higher doctrine than that, Kevin. He won't be their water. Well, that that that, that wets my tongue, that wets my whistle, but I need to have a little bit of Kool-Aid in there or something. No pun intended. They won't have this man as their door. That one door of the Passover. You know what the Lord said? You go in there and on your doorpost, you kill a lamb. How many lambs do you think had to die that, that weekend? You kill a lamb, you take the blood and hiss it, mix it with water, and you throw it on the mantles and on those doorposts. And then you go in and don't you dare come out. Don't you dare come out. You go in that door where I see the blood and I'll pass over you. You're out in the alleyway. That ain't going to happen. I have to see the blood of the Lamb and that'll keep the wrath and judgment away from you, just like the ark. The waves won't touch you. But you have to go through that door. Rahab was told to bring some folks in. Look over to Joshua chapter 2. Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua. Sixth book of the Bible. Joshua chapter 2, verse 18. Those scouts had went in and talked to Rahab. <laughs> she took care of them. And but the old faithful Rahab lied to people. Where'd they go? I, I think they went that way. I don't know where they headed. <laughs> I gave her some instruction. Joshua 2, 18. Behold, when we come into the land, thou shalt bind this line of scarlet thread in the window which thou didst let us down by. The same gospel we saved by, that blood, that's what you're going to put in the window. Same blood is on that door. 
Same pitch that was on that ark. That's what we're going to see. That line of scarlet thread in the window that thou dost let us down by. And thou shalt bring thy father and thy mother and thy brethren and all thy father's household home unto thee. And it shall be that whosoever shall go out of the doors of thy house into the street, his blood shall be upon his head. If there's one person in this earth that didn't get into Noah's ark, it's their fault. If you don't go to Christ's door, it's plumb your fault. Thumb your fault. And we will be guiltless. And whosoever shall be with thee in the house, his blood shall be on our head. <laughs> if any hand be on him. That's good news right there. Christ our door. He protects us. If we're, if we're in him, if we cry out to him for mercy truly, he, Lord save, you already saved, but if he puts that heart in us, to cry out to Him and come to Him for mercy, our eternal protection and security from condemnation and wrath solely relies, it's connected to His glory. That's how surely saved His people are. If I don't put a little pep in your step, I don't know what will. <laughs> if I don't turn the frown upside down, there's no condemnation now. And His holy name is what secures it. He said, by my name, because I swear by no higher. That's on his, his head, on his name. Oh, buddy. That's sure, isn't it? That's sure. Remember that city of refuge? Turn over chapter 20. Joshua 20. Joshua 20 and verse 3. Speaking of... Manslaughter here. <laughs> that slayer that killeth any person unawares and unwittingly may flee thither, and they shall be your refuge from the avenger of blood. And when he that doth flee unto one of those cities shall stand at the entering of the gate of the city. What's that? At the door. How are you going to get in that city of refuge? You're going to have to go through a door, ain't you? That's how we got in this room. We've already established that. You're going to have to go to that entering at the gate of the city, and shall declare his cause in the ears of the elders of that city. And they shall take him into the city unto them and give him a place that he may dwell among them. When you come to Christ the door, you declare your case in that door. You confess, I've killed somebody. You tell what a murderous sinner you are. I never killed nobody, Kevin. Well, my sin put Christ on that cross. I cried, crucify him. I was at war with him. And now he's the one I have to come to and say, Lord, forgive me. Against thee and thee only have I sinned. I don't know what else I've done. I know a whole lot I have done. And if you knew part of it, you'd quit eating lunch with me. <laughs> but what, what I don't know. I don't know what I don't know. Lord, forgive me for that too. I need you. I'm going to stand in the gate of this city till you let me in. The violent take it by force. That means I have no other option. It's you or death. You ain't nothing but a dog. I'll take your crumbs. You're right. 
I'll take crumbs off your table. And it says, come in. <laughs> and that city of refuge, they go in and they have protection. Those that said, I murdered, I was at war, I killed you. That was my heart. That's a heart I had. But there's refuge here. And you go through that gate. You go through Christ. You come into that city. And you're allowed to live there. And nobody can touch you until that high priest dies. Now worldly, what would you do to keep that high priest alive? So you need to eat some vegetables, buddy. <laughs> you want salad? Here, no, no, no. I'll carry that for you. As soon as he dies, you go back out there. Worldly, right? Well, things don't always work out good in the world. Well, but our high priest, he's after the order of Melchizedek. What's that mean? He has no beginning and he has no end. We are in him. And whenever he dies, you'll die. And he ain't never going to die. You see that? Why? We went through the door. He lives forever. We're in him. We're going to live too. Is that complicated? It's easy, isn't it? Sinners need a door. Turn over to Ephesians chapter 2. You tell people you got to go through the door. You can't jump over the walls. What, do people, what does natural man say? How high is that wall? And I start stretching. Let me pop my knees a little bit. Maybe I can get a run and go. You got any baskets around here I can stack up next to that wall? Let me jump and see how high I can get. That's our instinct. Don't eat it. You need any tree you want, don't eat of that one. Well, I've just refined myself. No, you ain't neither. But I hope God saves you, teaches you what a sinner you are. We need a door. Why? There's a wall separating us from the presence of the Lord we offended. Remember that holy one that owns the earth and everything and the fullness thereof? That's who we offended. That's who we sinned against. Because we didn't, he wasn't in all of our thoughts all the time. From birth, from conception. We were born in sin, conceived in sin. Come before the womb, lying to mommy. Nobody taught us how to. There's a wall of separation between us. There's a partition, a wall all around us. And we're short, dumb sheep. And we can't jump the wall and we can't find a way out. And the law, the wall, is all around us. And when we die, we've got to go through it. We've got to be dealt with, don't we? But Ephesians 2 verse 11. Wherefore remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh, who are called to uncircumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands, that at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Are you a sheep that don't see nothing but walls? Remember, we're still in them walls. We're still in this body of death, ain't we? But now, in Christ Jesus, ye who sometimes were afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. For He is our peace, who hath made both one and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. When we go through Him, there ain't nothing but the Lord. You understand that? Ain't nothing but Him. All condemnation is put away. The sins removed as far as the east ends from the west. We're holy, made, made like He is. We have His seed in us. That partition's gone. He ripped the veil clean in two from the top. That's important to the bottom. <laughs> Not from the bottom to the top, top to the bottom. He tore it. Having abolished in His flesh the enmity, even the law of the commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace. What does he tell them? He says, I'm the door. He says, I'm the good shepherd. I laid down my life for the sheep. This is what he's doing. 
and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. And came and preached peace to you which were far off and to them that were nigh. Ah, we need to look to that door. We're in this sheepfold, we're in this earth, and we need to look to Christ, the door. Our shepherd, our porter, our everything. But we need to see Christ, the door. We need to stop looking for heaven. How are we going to get to heaven? Quit worrying about that. You start looking for Christ, the door. We need to stop worrying about how we're going to have freedom. Oh, what are we going to do about this law we offended? That, that wall is high. Quit looking at the wall and look to Him. Look to the door. Back in our text, sir, John 10, verse 9. One more thing I want to show you. John 10, verse 9. He says, I am the door. There's a colon there. It's going to list some stuff. It's going to tell us what, what that means, what that entails. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved. What about the real bad ones? Doesn't it say any? What about the ones that are real steeped in religion and, and, and preach falsehoods? It says any, doesn't it? What about the, the pushers and the, the prostitutes and the this and the that and the whatevers? Any. If any. If any man enter in, he shall be saved. You lay down everything. All your history, all your thoughts, all your traditions, all your garbage. And you go to Christ, run to Him. If He gives you a heart to do that for real, you shall be saved. Not might, maybe, well, we'll weigh it in the balance to see how it washes out. Shall be saved, isn't it? I'm the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Now, wait a second. The sheep folds this earth. And how, how are we going to go in and out? What's he talking about? This is beautiful. This is beautiful. There in Revelation 21, it says, In the twelve gates were twelve pearls, and every gate was one pearl, and the streets of the cities were pure gold, as it were transparent glass. And I saw no temple therein. Now the temple had a door, didn't it? I saw no temple therein. For the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. They are the temple. People read that and they said, well, no, there's 12 pearly gates and that's a, a one for each tribe and that means Des Moines, Iowa. I've heard some crazy stuff. That's, <laughs> get up hiding from a government helicopter going over top of it if you ain't careful. Better watch out. Nonsense. Foolishness. What's that mean? For every tribe of the Jews, there's the identical gate. Christ. He's the door, isn't it? For every one of the Gentiles, black, white, bond, free, male, female, tall, short, whatever, whoever, wherever, Ukrainian or Russian, whatever it is this week that somebody's against each other, there's one door. There's one gate, isn't it? And it leads to the same place. Same one. That's in time to come. And there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And we're going to be able to go in between. We can't do that now, can we? It's impossible. Uh, whatever the Lord will have for us, we'll be here. And then whatever He'll have for us and we'll go up worship, we'll go there. He'll preach to us. It'll be wonderful. But what about right now? What about right now? What about in this life? Our brother read that in Romans 8. 
For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Give us our daily bread. You heard Christ today? Did you think about Him? When He was buying groceries or wherever you may be? Did you walk, think about Him when He walked through the doors? <laughs> you just went from this world to that world. You sought things above, didn't you? We're all gathered here, hopefully, in His name to worship Him, to honor God. Well, now I could think on things above. I've left this sheepfold for a couple precious moments. I'm going to walk out that door, back into the sheepfold in this world. Forget it. Start bagging. He's about to come call us by name. Remind us of Him one more time through trials, tribulations, or whatever. Make us look to Him. And we'll think on Him again. And then we'll go back. But we have liberty to do such things. Liberty to pray for one another. What a precious thing. We have a new man and an old man in this body. That goes back and forth. But this body itself, we go from the world, then we go through thinking of our Lord, and we come to be gathered in His name every week and twice on Sundays, don't we? In this world, we have freedom and liberty like the world's never known. I've talked to some folks recently, and they said, well, if I start going to church, then I have to give up everything. That's restrictive. I want to stop watching the movies I watch and stop reading the books I read and stop going to places I go to. No, read the books you want, watch the movies you want. That'd be fine. <laughs> you just hear, hear about the Lord. Now all of a sudden there's true freedom. Now there's true liberty. This, this ain't my home. That's something new, isn't it? I don't own anything. <laughs> my name's on some titles that can burn with the, with the first wildfire that comes through, huh? I'm an American citizen. Until the wildfire goes through Washington, D.C. and another greater strong man comes in and we got to learn another language, that's gone. I don't own nothing. And that's, that's freedom. That's freedom. That knuckleheads that people get their just senses tore all out of sorts says you'll own nothing and be happy about it. Well, if you know God, that's true. That blind squirrel found enough that day. <laughs> once, once we see everything's his, everything's mine because <laughs> I have him. He's all. He's my all and in all. We enter into those things. We start thinking on those things and considering those things and the molecules that the Lord controls throughout time and the dust in space or whatever it is. Whatever He's pleased to do. And that's what will happen. If He wills it, if He wants it, first off, it's right. Don't matter what I think. Don't matter what you think. It's right. And it shall come to pass. And everything's His. He controls all things. He's almighty. And He's holy. Now, all of a sudden, we got pasture, don't we? We come and go in this life, in this old man and new man. But He put, turns us out to pasture, not to a pen. We're not pigeonholed and you get in that little tiny confined spot. No, there's plenty of green grass, ain't there? Ah, oh, what blessings. Hummingbirds, I got to bring it up. I guess see, I got to watch hummingbirds this morning. Look what my Lord made. Ah, he feeds it. I think he'll feed me. That's pasture. That's good grass, still waters, isn't it? How is the believer fed in this world? We see Christ. We enter into him. He leads us and we feast on him. And he's our door, our bread, our water, and everything else. Our light and our life. Hearing his voice. 
and following him to the green pastures he leads us to. John 10, verse 7. And so Jesus said to them again, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers. Does that mean Moses? No, of course not. Don't be silly. All those that didn't point you to him. All those that told you you could do something. All those that told you to walk in the aisle or, or saying a prayer or getting baptized or doing this or that or whatever. That's a thief and a robber. And you'll die in your sin believing on those things and leaning on them. But he said, all that become before me are thieves and robbers. But the sheep did not hear them. Hmm. I'm the door. If by me any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. I'm come that they might have life. We're alive now for the first time ever. We have life. Thought we was alive before because we breathed air. Thought we could see before. First time ever we see. I'm come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. <laughs> it grows and it gets sweeter and sweeter, doesn't it? I'm the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lay, giveth his life for the sheep. His person and his work is my concern. And I pray that becomes more and more of my concern. And this old man dies off, and the work, concerns of this world become less and less. And I could see him and his shed blood and where he is now and what he's done for his people. And I pray daily. I get up early in the morning, and you were on my mind. And your children's on my mind that don't know him. And, and your grandchildren or whoever they are. And I pray, and your husbands and wives and mothers and sisters and whatever, your families, Lord, allow them to see him. Allow me to tell them who the door is. And then you make them, you call my name if they're yours, and you make them go through that door. And then you get in front of them and you lead them. And then you get behind them and you push them. And you get on the sides of them and you hold them up. And you get above them and below them, all around them. Encompass them. And make them immersed in Christ. That'd be something. That's a, let me tell you what, that's a life changer. I'll turn your frown upside down. That'll, that'll open a clenched fist. That'll, that'll make somebody that don't love start hugging and kissing. <laughs> it'll just it'll, it'll change your life. Because it's a new creation. That's all. Amen. All right. Brother Mike. Well, I guess it's wrong.